1: and welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniel and the Blake Radio Network Rainbow Soul Channel. Alrighty. And it is October 2nd, 2017. I'm so excited. The year is just moving along. And today's topic is who should touch those breasts? Yep, who should touch those breasts? This is a very important issue. Uh, life comes as no shock to you that women have, well, two breasts. But the question is, who should be touching those breasts? Should your not to be touching your breasts? Well, maybe your partner should be touching those breasts. Maybe you should be touching those breasts. Maybe strangers walking by in the street should be touching those breasts. So let's just see who should be touching those breasts. Now, why say touching? I don't mean just touching. We could say fondling, but what about Mashing them between two metal plates. What about slicing them off with a knife? That's pretty, uh, pretty harsh, I think. You know, the question is, who should be doing that, and should it be done, and if so, when? So of course, <laughs> let's take a look at the authorities. So this is from June 23rd 2017, and this is the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and this is their guidance. It means this is a statement they are saying to guide doctors as to what they should do, right? Okay, so there are new breast cancer screening guidelines, guidance from the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists. And it's the importance of shared decision-making between the patient and the provider. This means the doctor no longer, is recommended the doctor no longer Say to the woman, give me your breath. The doctor should no longer say to the woman, go get that mammogram. Instead, he should share the decision making. He should say to her,
0: well,
1: what do you think? think Maybe we should take off your shirt and let me just fondle those two little girls. Or do you think maybe we should get a mammogram? Now, what does that mean, that, that the doctor should share decision-making with the patient? Now, the doctor is an expert. He's been in medical school. He's taken a bunch of exams. He's certified. He has, let's just call it, superior training and certification. Gotcha. The patient, on the other hand, has none of those. And so to say that the doctor should share decision-making with the patient basically means that the patient, someone with no certification, no training at all, has a knowledge base at least equal to what the doctor has. And if we say two things equal to each other or equal to a third thing, you know a little mathematical transference thing, communicative theory of equality, so if a non-certified individual has as much or more knowledge as a certified individual, then that means that that certified individual basically has got really no knowledge. In other words, the king has no clothes. The obstetrician gynecologist, despite all of the knowledge and information she's been getting, is not any better fit to make a decision about a woman's breast than she is fit to make without her having had any testing at all. And so what this really does is it it reveals the total farce of going to a perfect stranger to call a doctor, taking off your blouse, and allowing him to fondle your boobs. But let's go on and see what uh, they advise. So the bulletin published in the July issue of Cetrics and Gynecology focuses on women at average risk for breast cancer. And who isn't average? Half of all women have average risk for breast cancer or below average, don't they? This is half of all women at least. The authors acknowledge the existing confusion from disagreement among major guidelines on when to start screening mammograms and how often to have them. So the new guidance says, given the range of current recommendations, we have moved toward encouraging obstetricians and gynecologists to help their patients make personal screening choices from a range of reasonable options. Of course, a reasonable option is bug off, don't touch my tits, right? Let's see how that goes. The decisions of when to start and end screening and how often to have it should follow discussions of the woman's health issue and her concerns and preferences surrounding the potential harms and benefits of the screening. Oh, so we'll just stop right there. So, if 95% of all ladies diagnosed as having breast cancer as a result of screening mammograms have DCIS, a non cancerous harmless condition for which mastectomy is often uh, recommend it. Then 95 percent of the women diagnosed with cancer as a result of screening are basically harmed. They're harmed. And so what they're saying here is the decision of when to start and end screening and how often is due to a woman's concerns. in other words, what she's worried about. So there's no scientific basis for this. This is something that I think, you know, people need to get a grip on. That what really is being treated here when you have mammogram is your concerns, your anxiety. This is not a scientifically beneficial or positive maneuver. In other words, getting mammogram screening uh, makes no sense. So a person who's of average risk, that's half of all women, uh, shouldn't be getting the screen. So now what are saying is screening should be offered Starting at forty years, no later than fifty years, that's a ten year window. And of course the US government says start at fifty years, don't start, don't even think about starting at, at, at forty years. of course the Cancer Society wants to find more cancer, they say start at forty, what the heck. Now what's the frequency? How often do you get these screening mammograms done? Well, every one to two years, and maybe until age seventy-five. After that, the choice to continue should be based on shared decision-making that takes into account the woman's health status and expected lifespan. So, again, there's not a scientific independently valuable uh, role that mammogram has to to play here. And so initial assessment should elicit information about reproductive risk factors, like first kid after the age of uh, 30, that's a bad one, Results of prior biopsies, ionizing radiation exposure, and family history of cancer. So let's say all that's negative. In addition, breast self-exams, get this, hold on, watch for it, wait for it. Breast self-exams are not recommended in average risk women. Let's repeat this. Breast self-exams are not recommended. So if you want to fondle your own breasts in the shower, you're welcome to it, but don't call it an exam. Just enjoy yourself. And if you find anything in this breast self-exam, if you fondle yourself in a shower, it's okay to keep it to yourself because breast self-exams are not recommended. Therefore, anything you find is not relevant. You see, this is, we got to take this reasoning an extra step further to get the, the risk of this. Of it, the gist of this. And so what this means that it's literally 95% of the breast obsession that your obstetrician gynecologist has had, obsession with your, bre- your boobs, over the past certainly 30 years, has been scientifically unwarranted and is now deemed inappropriate. You know, I was in medical practice. We actually had a model of a woman's breast, and it had lumps hidden in it. And we would press around and show the patient how to press and how to find those hidden lumps and that they were there in her breast if only she would look. And so what this is saying is that whole instruction by the doctor, instructing the woman in breast self exam, was not time that was well spent or beneficial to the woman in her health. So breast self-exams are not recommended in average-risk women because you know what they're going to find? They're going to find lumps all right, but those lumps are not going to be medically important. So instead, average-risk women should be counseled about breast self-awareness. So she should be aware that she has breasts. She doesn't need to touch a fondling. So she should be aware of the normal look and feel of her breasts. So instead of routinely examining her own breath, the woman should be educated on noticing pain, noticing a mass. Don't touch it. Just notice if there's a mass. Or a new nipple discharge. I guess the old nipple discharge is okay. Or redness. And then telling her physician if these signs occur. So don't touch those breaths. The woman shouldn't be examining them, and the doctor shouldn't be examining them. This is news, this is news, like newsflash, big deal. So wait, wait, hold on, hold on. If the doctor touching the lady's boobs, that's called sexual touching, touching of sexual uh, organs, even though it's a secondary sex organs. So this sexual touching by, on the part of the doctor was not medically necessary or appropriate, let's say for the past three decades, And so this is medical touching under false pretenses, which means the lady could not have given proper consent because she didn't realize the doctor touching her breasts and examining them was of no medical benefit to her. And so sexual touching of a, in this case a woman, without her proper consent is rape. So all those times, and maybe even still be happening now, When the doctor has the lady take off her shirt and he examines her breasts, it's no more than ritual rape. Ritual rape. Yes, rape is sexual touching without consent. And it cannot be consent. It cannot be deemed consent when the reason and purpose for the touching is false. Yep, yep. And so we... uh, we pride ourselves on being a very modern society. Um, have been engaging in ritual rape. This is, this is shocking when you think about it. And so we, we have uh, supposedly a society not based on superstition or whatever, and women are being herded like cattle into uh, annual ritual sexual violation every year. And they actually line up for it. They take out insurance to pay for it. They make phone calls to schedule it. They pay for parking, a place to put their car while this is taking place. And so the average woman then should not even be examining her breast, and her doctor should not be examining her breast. And I think this has been brought about by so many upper-middle-class, privileged women Having their breast cut off, only to find that they didn't need their breast cut off, and so what's happened is the medical community is kind of taking a little step back here, saying, whoa, 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 whoa. okay, since there's no proven benefit to examining, fondling women's breasts every year as a ritual, then I guess we have to stop doing it and find something else to do. And so you got the mammogram then every two years. You've got the fondling that's this totally off limits. Uh, so the answer to that is the person should touch your breath or why, whoever you choose to for your own entertainment and pleasure. That's exactly who should touch your breath. Just as we suspected, just as we suspected, breaths are there to feed the next generation for cosmetic purposes and for your own personal enjoyment. So, That's what those breasts are there for, and no, your doctor's got no business touching them. So now what else do they say? Among the B-level recommendations, yes, B-level recommendations, based on limited or inconsistent scientific evidence, providers should assess breast cancer risk periodically by reviewing the patient's history. Now why can't the patient review her own history? So initial assessment should elicit information about reproductive risk factors, results of prior biopsies, and so on. So in other words, the doctor is only allowed to touch the la- to talk to the lady, not allowed to touch. So doctors touching ladies' breasts is off limits. So instead of instead, average risk women should be counseled about breast self-awareness. The bulletin did not address recommendations for women at high risk for breast cancer or use of new technologies such as. Tomosynthesis. It also did not offer advice for women with dense breasts who have a modestly increased risk of breast cancer. And so, the cat is out the bag. A uh, consent decree type confession has been made. All right, all right, all right. We've just been fondling those breasts all these years just for amusement and entertainment, and we're going to stop. We're not playing what was done was wrong. So the medical industrial complex is not admitting any wrongdoing here. Nope, 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 nope. Just plan that half of all women, and we don't know who those ladies are, but the half of all women with an average and below average risk of breast cancer do not need to fondle their own breast or have the doctor do it. And so then the only person that... Um, should be touching those breaths is whoever the woman chooses for her own uh, particular pleasure and at her discretion. There is no medical reason why a stranger should be fondling those breaths. There is no um, health benefit. In fact, a lot of damage. Um, unnecessary biopsies, uh, extreme scarring, even worse is mastectomy from a false positive biopsy. It was a biopsy that did not actually show cancer, but was interpreted as being cancer. So this is really shocking um, that this guidance or guideline has been mailed to all the OBGYNs in the United States and even published in the July issue of Obstetrics and Gynecology. So your obstetrician-gynecologist cannot say that he did not know. And you can say to him if you choose to show up in his office, excuse me, doctor, am I at the low risk of breast cancer? And he'll say, yes, you are, I was going to say. In case I will keep my shirt on. Thank you. And this is something that I think people need to really get a grip on, is that much of medicine is not based on science. Uh, It's not at all objective. And it's just a bunch of uh, trendy um, Simon Says stuff. Simon Says, do this. Simon Says, do that. Simon Says, fondle those breasts. Simon Says, cut them off. And it's one big game of Simon Says. And you need to to decide for yourself what your level of engagement is and what your level of uh, compliance is going to be. Are you going to get your breasts? chopped off because Simon says, I don't know, that's your decision, you're a breast. Um, so we have a question here in the chat room I think is a very good question. We will do that question. So Dr. Daniel, is breast cancer a real disease? And if so, how would a woman find out early? Well, the question is, do you want to find out early? And is finding out early going to be beneficial? the answer is no, you don't want to find out early, and finding out early is not beneficial. So there's no evidence that early treatment of breast cancer extends the woman's life expectancy. So what a woman does is she changes, exchanges death from breast cancer to uh, death from chemotherapy complications, generally heart disease. So there's no evidence that early diagnosis of breast cancer lead to a longer lifespan. So, since early diagnosis of breast cancer does not lead to an extended lifespan, then there's really not any reason to find out early. So, the other question then is, The other um, question might be, is there a way to decide or figure out early on if you're on the wrong track and what if you need to change something to, you know, minimize uh breast cancer situation? Well, first of all, it's well known that wearing a bra increases your chances of breast cancer about 40%. That's a pretty big increase. Um, because it blocks the drainage of toxins from your breast. So if you're really worried about breast cancer, just uh, stop wearing a bra. And if you think you need a bra, then just you know wear maybe a loose shirt or a heavy sweater or something like that. But uh, the better tactic is to prevent it. Now the other thing is, what else can you do to prevent breast cancer? If you understand that breast cancer is just a pooling of parasites and toxins in the breast tissue, then you can massage your own breast periodically um, with, say, castor oil, which is very cleansing, and this gets the toxins to uh, get flushed out of your breast just by massaging them yourself. Then you might say, well, do I press to the left, right, up, down, answer all directions? You just want to massage uh, and get the circulation to the breast and out of the breast. So that would make more sense than any uh, mammogram or exam by uh, some doctor. But the most important thing to realize is the therapy that is offered by the Medical district Complex for breast cancer does not increase all cause life expectancy. And so what they try to do then is they measure, well, you know, fewer people die of cancer. Well, no kidding. They die sooner of the heart problems caused by the chemotherapy, namely uh, apromycin red death, which causes um, heart failure and heart attacks. So the thing to understand, especially with the breath, is your doctor does not have any additional benefit to offer you above and beyond staying home and enjoying the pleasure of your breath in whatever way you feel is appropriate so that's the um, the the breast issue, and if a doctor with all of his training has no better um, recommendations as to what to do with your breath than you do, then you might as well just do what you want to do with your breath. There's no need to torture yourself with mammograms, to humiliate yourself with a stranger fondling your breath. You just stay home, skip the experience, and you know, tell your husband to sit up to the plate here. Um, so what's the question? Dr. Danes, how are these doctors instructed to explain to their patients who are expecting a breast exam that they are not doing them anymore? They don't. That's why the advisement says to do this in consultation with your patient. So if your patient wants to be fondled, expecting a breast exam, by golly, go ahead and do it. But if the patient says they don't want one, but back off, because there is no medical reason to do it. And so you see how they phrase this recommendation. So it still allows the doctor to fondle those ladies who have made the decision to submit. Dr. Daniels, do doctors tell us patients their practices were not evidence-based? No, they don't, and they can't, because a lot of times doctors receive this information as if there's evidence for it when there isn't. So when I was in medical school, a lot of what they taught me, they said I was taught as a purpose. All this stuff has been researched, it has been looked into, these are the facts. And I said, okay, I'm ready. And so the information, which had no evidence to back it up, was presented to me as if it was evidence-based. And so your doctor is actually being lied to on a pretty big scale. What about all these doctors and their practices? When will they be discontinued? Exactly. So if 95% of everything your doctor does is fake and will be discontinued because it's useless, then why not just uh, stop right now? And that's your decision, unfortunately. It's not anyone else's decision because no one else is going to um, make that decision for you. The evidence is out there that what your obstetrician is doing with respect to your breast is of no medical benefit to you or benefit to your health. Should he stop? Will he stop? It's up to you. The doctor's been told to continue this practice with ladies who are consenting and requesting it and to not do it for ladies who are not consenting and not requesting it because it is not useful. And so this is uh, this is an amazing thing, and you know, for me as a woman who's heterosexual, I'm not lesbian, uh, you know, I didn't really, I didn't get any pleasure out of all those years of examining ladies' breasts. I'd be examining ladies' breasts, I'm like, this is really necessary? you know. Can we, is there another way to do this? And um, so I'm really encouraged that finally, uh, ladies and doctors who don't want to. Do fraudulent things has the right to just stop doing them. So what's the answer? So the answer is burn that bra. Yep, burn that bra. Lower your breast cancer risk. Enjoy yourself and don't let your doctor touch your tits. Excuse me, your breasts. Yes, that is the answer. I'd like to remind people we are still temporarily out of stock with vitality capsules. However, we expect to expect to ship in about two weeks. That would be October fifteenth and we should have all the orders filled. Meanwhile, if you go to our website, we have a two for the price of one sale. What does that mean? That means you get two for the, um, what was the full price uh, bottle, full price for one. So we're not getting two for one on the discounted prices, but just on the the full price. So Shelly will be sending out an email to explain that for you. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. been a pleasure. We'll see you back again next week. And remember,
0: things happen.